Guys Drinking Whiskey Podcast, where we drink and discuss whiskey from all across the globe. Everything from the top of the liquor store shelf to the dusty bottoms of the discount bin. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is the new to whiskey mini series of two guys drinking whiskey. What I'm doing is I'm following up with some feedback we've gotten from a lot of people that are not as well versed in the whiskey world. So I figured this is a perfect time to break down the different types of whiskey out there, and hopefully it will help some people learn about whiskey that didn't know previously. If you're already aficionado of whiskey or bourbon or whatever, and you've been enjoying the show, just sit back and enjoy the ride because it's very introductory at this point. But if you're new, then this segment is for you. If you've been listening for the past few episodes, welcome back. Right now we're going to talk about Japanese whiskey. This is going to be part five. So out of all of like the biggest producers of whiskey in the world, I would say that Japanese is probably the smallest of those big ones. So if you're going through a liquor store and you see your bourbons, your rye, your scotch, your, you know, your Canadian whiskeys, you may see a Japanese whiskey here or there, and they're usually either affordable or they're pretty expensive because there's not a ton of it around. They're very rare, I think, especially for good ones, and good ones are usually expensive. So what makes Japanese whiskey Japanese whiskey? Well, it's very similar to scotch in a lot of ways. It's primarily going to be single malts, with malted barley, or it's going to be blended with other grains, similar to scotch. They use the same kind of distillation processes with Kofi stills, very similar to scotch. That's the that's just the easiest way to put it. Now, the comparison between the two is, you've seen the movie Braveheart, I'm sure, and Mel Gibson has this really big fucking broadsword. It's huge. It's it's heavy. It's I wouldn't say dull, but it's it's very like. It's just fucking, it's, it's as big as broadsword. Like, you could cut somebody's head off and cut a tree in half at the same time. It's just a very big, bulbous sword. So think of Scotch whiskey as that Scotsman's broadsword. And then think of Japanese whiskey as a samurai sword. That's going to be the best way to describe the two. They're both very similar in what they do, but... Japanese whiskey is going to be more like a samurai sword. It's going to be very sharp. It's going to be very precise. It's going to be a very like advanced level of scotch, if that's any way to describe it. I think that might be it. It's going to be brighter in notes. I think it's going to be a little more cleaner tasting. One of the things that uh, J- Japan is very well known for is they do things really well. and They do things to a level that surpasses what other people have done i think when it comes to like them making musical instruments even automobiles dare i say it just they do things really really well they take things to the next level that's a good way to describe it japanese whiskey is going to be very similar to scotch but it's going to be more refined more precise that's that's my knowledge of it now when it comes to the actual flavor profile of japanese whiskey like scotch it's going to be very similar it's going to be grainy. It's going to be malty. It's going to be... I always thought it was a little more on the crisper, cleaner side. It's hard to describe if you've 
you've never had it before. You, if you try them side by side, you can be like, oh yeah, this one does taste a little bit different. Uh, it's still kind of a niche thing because they've only been making Japanese whiskey for about 100 years. But yeah, Japanese is still kind of the, the new kid on the block when it comes to that stuff. So like I said before, there's going to be single malts, there's going to be blends, they're going to have various age statements, they're going to use different types of blending techniques to get very specific flavor profiles. A lot of them that I've tried to are not that great, I would say, just because I think the barrier to entry on Japanese whiskey is generally pretty high. If you're looking at brands, for instance, like even if you go into a liquor store, you're going to see Suntory's Toki Japanese whiskey, which is going to be about a $35 bottle. It's going to be probably the most base point entry level offering that they have. I think they're coming out with maybe a couple more of those kind of entry level offerings now, but that's going to be one of the most popular ones. It's going to be Suntory Toki, and it's it's decent for like a cocktail, I would think, but it's not going to be great for sipping neat. If you do taste it, you'll see kind of what makes Japanese whiskey Japanese whiskey, I guess. And then moving up the line, there's going to be brands like uh, Nika from the Barrel. So Nika is another brand of Japanese whiskey that will have different barrier points to entry, and I mean that by price point. Uh, they do a lot of blends. But Nika from the Barrel is going to be in that $50 to $60 range, I think. And that's actually a pretty good bottle. Like That's one that I've had numerous times, and it's been very good. And then you can go up to even the next level, which is going to be like the Hibiki, which is going to be you know, like a $100 bottle. It's going to start getting up there a little bit more. The Hibiki, for me, I think at $100 isn't worth what maybe a $50 bottle of Japanese whiskey is. It's just... There's a lot of gray area when it comes to like the mid-range Japanese whiskey. And then you're going to get up to the high-end stuff where you're going to have like a Yamazaki 18-year. And that's going to be probably over $500 at this point. They're usually very rare. They're very expensive. But high-age-stated Japanese whiskey, you're really going to pay for it. Even like with a scotch, if you find something in the 18-year, 15-year range, you may pay one or $200 for that at the most, I think, for like an early teenage whiskey but the japanese stuff when you start getting in the teens it's gonna go pretty high uh 25 year stuff you'll probably never be able to afford just to be honest (laughs) unless you're a lot richer than me so if you do want to kind of learn more about some of these whiskeys we did episode 89 we had neighbor joe on and we actually got him a bottle of the yamazaki 18 year because he was an olympic athlete and we Wanted to show our appreciation to him, so we got him that bottle. And I tell you what, it was worth every penny. But we did drink some other age-stated bottles as well, so there's some good content there for just different brands. Uh, I, what's the best way to drink Japanese whiskey? Um, I'm going to say just, you know, be, again, treat it like a scotch. You can drink it neat. You can drink it on the rocks. If you're going to do mixers with Japanese whiskey, I think if you do something lighter like a, like a Suntory toki or something something cheaper try mixing it with something like a lighter soda or even we did an episode two where we made a cocktail called the beast where we use club soda and orange and lime and lemon so uh, lots of citrus will play well with uh, what the multi-graininess of the of the japanese whiskey and then sweetness yeah you could do is do a little bit of sugar but you don't need a ton of sweetness to really rock with that stuff yeah more of a Light, sweet, a little bit of a little bit of citrus, and you're good to go. So, in consensus, when it comes to Japanese whiskey, a couple things to really look at is if you're going to get into it, don't be afraid to spend some money, but also 
there's a lot of mid-range shit out there that is kind of garbage. So either start start cheap, find out what you like, and then work your way up to something that's really of high quality and of high value. You'll definitely want to talk to somebody in your liquor store. You can always ask us as well. You can hit us up at the Two Guys Drinking Whiskey podcast on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions involving Japanese whiskey, we can definitely get into more detail with you on a more personal level if you choose. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for Japanese whiskey. If you guys have any other questions, like I said, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at the Two Guys Drinking Whiskey podcast. Love to help you out. Make sure you guys come back again. We're getting to the end of this little mini-series here. We've covered everything. We've covered bourbon, scotch, rye, Irish. We did Japanese. I think all we have left to do is Canadian whiskey. So we're going to hit that one on the next one. So make sure you come back and check it out, and we will talk to you soon. All right, cheers. Cheers.